there's some bot in this mic. Do you feel there's that? some bot in this mic? All right, all right, all right. Yeah, you fucking with me with that wet ass p word. Oh. <laughs> You fucking with some wet, wet word ass p word. Oh, some people are calling it the next yummy. There's some bot in this mic. There's some bot in this mic. Get a bucket for my wet a word p word. <laughs> p word. We wop a mic. Hello. <laughs> you know yeah. what the p word is? What? podcast yes it is yes. thank you <laughs> that wet ass podcast mm-hmm. mm. oh i'm wet are we are we gonna talk about the song should we talk about it yeah we're we're the you know we're the people who should be talking about it. <laughs> if ben shapiro proved anything it's that white men should be talking about <laughs> wow. well i mean i think that ben shapiro is the only person who's actually given some truly like insightful uh, my wife is a doctor and she actually told me that um uh, women are it's not actually- supposed to have vaginas at all i've never <laughs> seen hers this is what the feminists wanted this is what the feminist movement was all about with him, I really oscillate in between wondering, does, does he believe anything he says or is it just all truly like peddling bullshit? Is it you know? is it like the Skip Bayless method where he's just like spouting nonsense so that yeah. he can talk about something for it's three really, hours every really day? It's really, really wild. If Skip. 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 Wow. You, Here's the you thing. Skip. Skip. <laughs> Skip. Hey, I watched The Last Dance. Mm. <laughs> Is Skip Bayless involved? I know sports. (laughs) This is like definitely pre-Skip Bayless. You're like secretly watching like ESPN 2 all the time. You're just like, I can't get enough of this Stephen A. Smith guy. Mm. He has such good takes. Mm. Speaking of P words. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Thank you. I I just show. I'm putting T's on balls. You're fucking swinging them out of the fucking park. I'm earnest. I am uh, uh, a water <laughs> hunter. And I'm Drew. Um, You're not wa- Wapperoo? Well, the, you can't wop your name. Skimble Wops? I have. Wopnist, Wopter. What the fuck? Get out of your one syllable name and Wop. Wop Deaton. <laughs> don't dox me, internet. Come on, don't do that to me. Um, I, I mean, obviously as men, we cannot appropriate wet ass pussies. We have to admit that we only have wet ass bussies when you, and uh, it is only because we have diarrhea. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh my God. The Jabuki tweet was the best one. Did you guys see that? No, he is. I think maybe, I think he probably has the highest hit rate of anyone on Twitter though. Yeah. He he also, he gets like banned every week. Like he really is, you know, he's putting together like a Jordan style run on Twitter where every single thing he tweets is good. He does delete a lot of them, but even the deleted ones are good. He said Floridians be like, I got a WAP. It's 98 percent humidity, babe. That's a swamp crotch. That's true, actually. <laughs> um, When you search WAP on Google, I- the first thing that comes up is wireless application protocol. Wow. Um. That that tweet is true, and so if I ever uh, am with a lady, and you know, I pulled on the pants. Oh no, did I fuck with this? I hit. It's still recording. We're still recording. Um, and I I pulled on the pants. I see a wop. You know what I say? Take a shower. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it's swamp. You you have swamp. 
Swap. Swap. <laughs> swap. No, I think Drew's trying to say he likes it dry. Yeah. Yeah. He's well, a you, dry boy. I've always said this about you, Drew, but you are kind of the Ben Shapiro of the group. Uh, thank you. And uh, <laughs> gets, it sounds like you're doing a bad Bill Simmons impersonation. <laughs> well, I, I do like, like to participate in the marketplace of ideas. Uh, I feel that if I talk fast enough, no one will really pay attention to anything that I'm saying. <laughs> they um, who says that <laughs> they want us to be uh, dry. This is what they want. Yeah. And it gets way more vulgar than this. Bill Simmons would be like, all right, who who are the top five wettest pussies of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Madonna in the 80s got to be number one. Right? <laughs> she was is, is Luka Doncic had the potential to be the next Madonna pussy? I, I think Michelle Pfeiffer actually had a better <laughs> pussy than Jodie Foster. <laughs> wow. My mind I, that's, just went that's somewhere. A, that is the most niche. <laughs> you have to, one, who Bill Simmons is, and two, uh, of listen to the Silence of the Lambs episodes of the Rewatchables to actually you know, get, Darling, got a wet-ass pussy, joking. darling. Comedy is all about specificity. Um, and if you don't laugh, you're just stupid. I love that WAP. Or you're uncomfortable because I uh, shouldn't have said that. Anyway, speaking of P words. Ring the bit <laughs> bell. We're done. Rory <laughs> said this was going to be a quick catch up episode. Yeah. MacGruber is coming to the cock. <laughs> the pecock. The cock. Will Forte tweeted MacGruber is coming to the cock. Good. <laughs> You know, this folds into my whole uh, no news is real news during the pandemic because no one's going to go into production anytime soon camp. But with no movies coming out, we got to talk about something. Mm-hmm. So MacGruber, I would be the cock. I would be talking about this regardless. Right. We do these catch ups. I've never I don't watch anything ever. I don't listen to anything. You should watch Down to Earth with Zac Efron. <laughs> Absolutely. I, Drew, if not. you want to, if you want to do like 15 <laughs> minutes on a uh, free Fortnite from the Apple's oh tyranny, then I we can clear the paint for you. Yeah, if you want I to am, do that. I, if you are just so heartbroken that you can't play Fortnite on your iPhone anymore, I have been famously trying to lead the uh, iPhone MLG movement, <laughs> and this has been a blow for us. But we will be back. Um, we have a deal in the works with PUBG, but MacGruber is coming to the cock, and this rocks. Uh, MacGruber rocks. The sketches initially rocked on SNL. Uh, the movie's good. Yes, there there's a great oral history of it somewhere. Uh, one of those publications that writes really pointless oral histories like The Ringer, like Up Rocks or someone did it. And uh, it brings to light some really uh, fun information about it. But it is coming in series form to Peacock. Uh, will It will keep original. I mean, I don't know about the ensemble, but it will have Will Forte. And that's what matters the most. Uh, and it also... Maybe even just as important will uh, be made by Yorma Tacone of The Lonely Island, who directed the movie, obviously, and uh, co-wrote the sketches that were on SNL. So I'm sure I'm assuming that you guys feel the same way about this, but I am so much happier that it will be in the form of a television show and not another movie. Um Full disclosure: I actually have not seen MacGruber. I'm. Fa- I know. Movie. I know. Like the it's, old. It's a good movie. The old SNL sketches, and of course, are kind of legendary at this point. But it's really stupid. Yeah. But that's the point. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's I mean, the whole thing dumb. is like it's just kind of the ultimate like farce of MacGyver. Like that is kind of in. 
it's not even the thing is it's not even a far like the movie is not even a farce of macgyver the movie is just as dumb as it can possibly be oh no colin friend of the pod gave it a one and a half stars on letterbox well people i guess it's not lynch every day people are wrong online and that's okay colin we still love you it is it's a movie that you have to sort of be in on uh otherwise you will feel as though you're wasting your time um but you're not just believe you me this is one of the most wild. I'm just looking at some of my friends' uh, lists on Letterbox and what they have from ratings. It literally it varies between a four and a half to a one star review. Yeah, it's just a, people that I'm friends with. It's well, a three point five. So it's a, yeah, it really depends on how you feel about stupid comedies. Yeah. Like it is a it's an intentionally stupid comedy made by smart people, which is the distinction that you need. Is it, like it needs to know that it's stupid, obviously. And the the pecock is stupid. The whole concept of the pecock mm-hmm. of the cock the cock is just dumb and a lot of the things on here just seem like they are practically offshoots of an snl sketch you know i wouldn't be shocked in the slightest if lauren had pushed this with with peacock really hard because he has obviously outsized influence over nbc universal as a whole and he part of that oral history uh just goes over how he made mcgruber into like a bigger thing like he he always approved those sketches to make air once the first one finally Mm -hmm. got on he is the reason that it got a super bowl commercial because they had a meeting with like doritos or whatever whatever company wanted they were like we want to use an snl property for a super bowl commercial he was like okay it's going to be mcgruber they were like what no Uh, (laughs) any maybe anything but mcgruber those are insanely like dirty sketches uh, and he was and he just kept on like insisting until they just gave up. And That's then because great. of that commercial, which was wildly successful, they got the movie. I mean, Lauren, Lauren knows his shit like people, you know, they harp on him and he's not perfect by any means. No, but. Of course. But he also famously like loves Will Forte. Yeah. Like always, always, always was in Forte's yeah. corner. We stand um, last man on earth. You said that none of the other cast have been revealed. So it doesn't, we don't know if like Kristen Wiig or Maya Rudolph or anybody like, like that'll I mean, be in. Like I just said, this <laughs> might this not happens. even happen. So just put anyone in there. Ryan Felipe, what else is he doing? That's the thing. I was I was thinking that Felipe has got to be free. Yeah. Because he was free when they made MacGruber 10 <laughs> years ago. He was already past his prime. He's a veil. Well, hopefully we'll see it uh, soon. We'll see when when it actually happens. But in the meantime, we do have some ketchup items that we have seen. Hold on really quickly, though. (laughs) This is a little blurb uh, from the press release. His mission in this series is to take down a mysterious villain from his past. Brigadier Commander Enos Queeth. Yes. (laughs) Queeth. Who would you put in that role? Would you put like a Dinklage in there? Like, is that a guy or a girl? <laughs> Enos. E-N-O-S. Enos. I was assuming Enos. Enos Queeth is what they would go if they're going mm. funny. Well, who was the villain in the movie? Was it uh, Val Kilmer? He was in it, right? Yeah, um, Val Kilmer I don't know was if he was in Yeah, the Kilmer villain. was in there. I can't remember the movie. I just remember the movie like being it's so, so it's, it's Val, so stupid. Val Kilmer's name <laughs> like, in the movie is Dieter von Kunth. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's Queef. <laughs> just just good stuff. Sometimes sometimes when you're 12, like you're right about what's funny, you right. know? And this is one of those cases. You right. just have to put yourself in the brain of like a 12-year-old boy. Maybe they can get Michael Jordan back. <laughs> Bring him out of retirement. Back for MacGruber, the series. Oh, well, since it's a series, 
is it going to be, I guess that implies that it's going to be just the same story over like a single season. It's not going to be like a procedural type of thing. Yeah, I would assume. I mean, based on that blurb, especially. Yeah. Either way, we're stoked. We'll um, see. Uh, let's get to some ketchup. We got another P word. Pickle. Hey. Ah, uh, Morty, Morty, Morty. Oh, Morty, I turned oh, myself into a pickle, oh, Morty. Oh, this no. is like the oh, most like God. toxic episode we've ever. Yeah, we are just I'm dozens like, of people are hitting unsubscribe. I'm getting like right yeah, now. I'm getting carbon monoxide poisoning right now. <laughs> Morty, I turned myself into Seth Rogen. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I hate this. Morty, I'm at sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> the the foods is fucking. <laughs> oh, jeez, oh, Drake, it's it's been a hundred years, Morty. Us, uh, what's, who am I? <laughs> we, I, you know the episodes where there's an existential crisis? Oh, man. So, so, so HBO talk, Max. Talk about the pickle Fuck. from America. Has uh, put out its first original HBO Max film. You wouldn't know that when you put it on, though, because it does say Warner Max. So... Huh. <laughs> in the title sequence doesn't say HBO Max it says Warner Max and oh. then it got me thinking why <laughs> well you know HBO Go HBO Now HBO well, Max Warner Max I wish the HBO stood for how about one um, I feel like do you think that that was just kind of a like some kind of a like either a production thing where they were like HBO is for television and Warner is for films. Or do you Ooh, think, I do you think that. that it was kind of a thing where they where HBO is consciously just trying to put a little bit more prestige on this? So what? I don't think this movie was supposed to go straight to HBO max. It's just because of the pandemic no, it was a theater movie. So I feel like they just slapped that on there just because they were like, well, fuck it. Who even gives a shit anymore? We're all going to die. It, it, you wouldn't have seen that title card at the movie theater. You probably would have seen the Warner Brothers yeah. logo. So do we discuss this movie previously at all? Like just the premise of it alone? maybe when it was first because, announced. Well, because when I heard of it and read about it, I was instantly uh, shocked that this had been greenlit. Oh, all. yeah. It's a ridiculous um, premise. A guy gets brined into a giant vat of pickles yeah, for a hundred years. And it, it sounded uh, obscenely bad. However, then I later found out that this script was written by Simon Rich mm -hmm. of uh, based on a short story that yeah, he also wrote, who wrote with Mulaney for years on SNL and then went on to make Man Seeking Woman, which is an, a really, really good show. It's uh, a fantastic show, I would say. Yeah. And uh, it's it's a type of show that delves into fantasy in a way that if you heard episodes summaries, you would might think that it sucked. You know well, what I mean? The, the best thing about that show is that it would take a single seed of an idea and take it to the most extreme conclusion possible for the extent of the episode mm -hmm. without any basis in any sort of like reality. Yeah, it was so surreal. And I was hoping that this movie would do that. And it has like little touches of that, like little sprinkles here and there of that sensibility but it never goes all the way. Yeah. So it felt like a missed opportunity. So me. yeah, uh, Rich, the the piece that he originally wrote was it was like one of his. You know, he writes a lot for the New Yorker, like little little uh, fantastical comedy bits, and uh, this one was a more personal one because it was delving into like you know his history and the just kind of like Jewish history at large in it's America. A very Jewish movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
but because of the movie making process in general, I wouldn't even be shocked if maybe that piece was more fantastical because uh, Rogan and Goldberg got a pass on the script. Like Rich doesn't have final say on what mm, this movie looks or feels like at all. He sold the script to them. And it was his choice. He, they, he said they were the first people and he went to. They're both Jew boys too, right? Well, come on, man. Rogan and Goldberg? <laughs> Little Jew boys? Um, it's not for us to say. Well, of course. Well, I can say as a as a, like, a Jewish man. Um, um, yes, Jesus. you can say that. I get um, that. Well, pass. Rogan uh, is is no not religious at all. But yeah, they both are of heavily Jewish descent. Well, uh, very uh, obviously, Simon Rich has sole writing credit on the movie. Yes. Um, Even though that, you know, they have production. Yeah, credit, that's which... that. It's that's what pisses me off about movies is like, even if someone has sole credit, there's a good chance someone else got a pass. Um, it's directed but, by Brandon Trost, who yeah. has hasn't done anything. The, um, the FP he's done. He has a bunch of uh, director of photography credits. He did The Disaster Artist. That's a nice looking movie. Mm. This is the end. The interview. Oh, so yeah. big uh, Rogan. He, he's a Rogan guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, he also shot Popstar. Hey, that's a, that's um, a good looking so movie. So this is his first directorial film. So what, are we, what are we thinking about this? You movie? know, it's fine. It's fine. It's a short movie, guys. It's like less than an hour and a half. It's like 88 minutes. So it's it's just a good one to just put on. But I, I was a little let down just because I love Man Seeking Woman mm-hmm. and what Simon Rich has done with that show, did with that show because it's over now. It's so unique. And this didn't really feel like it was cut from that same cloth. It felt like it just was a lot more confined in a lot yeah, of gonna, ways. Well, I was going to say, is it kind of intentionally navel gazy? Like, I, I mean... In a, but in a way that doesn't feel like egregious, it's not like this, this movie doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth. It, it, mm. it, it's a nice little movie. It doesn't really do anything terrible. It doesn't really do anything exceptional. It's a good little movie. You have a good Seth Rogen double performance in there. He actually does a really good job. You, you buy the two separate people, the two separate characters mm. that he's playing um, but the movie just sort of like ends and you're like, oh, okay, that was fine. Mm. You do get Sarah Snook in there yeah, from absolutely. Succession and you do get uh, a quick little Tim Robinson in I there. I was going to say, I'm looking and I'm seeing Tim Robinson and I'm listening. Yeah. And then he, I'm he, seeing. It's just one quick scene. Well, and then I'm seeing Betsy Sidaro and Quinta Brunson who are both extremely funny. Like this, this is a, obviously, I mean, any Rogan movie is going to have a great ensemble cast because he is connected with like who's, you know, up and coming. So I have a question that I was curious about that i think that we might have said on pod or maybe it was off pod but is there like some like heart or dramatic element to this movie okay because i was curious for whenever this movie was first announced they kept uh hailing it It was just like from this person and then from the producers of 50 50 and i kept thinking that's a really weird choice that of all the seth rogan evan goldberg joints they yeah. chose 50 then, yeah, 50 and, and not we like figured super out bad. oh it must be dramatic yeah yeah so but it's, it's the only it's dramatic not, thing they i mean it is they were just trying to set the tone like hey you're not going to go in and like have a bunch of dick jokes and crack up the whole time there are some really funny moments though mm-hmm. it's it's like the 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 pickle guy the not the current day guy but the the old guy the great grandpa yeah that character is like there's like a little tiny sprinkle of uh being there 
of mm. Chancey Gardner in mm-hmm. there of like a guy who is like saying things that get interpreted in a way that's like wise when he's not really the, like a wise guy at all. Yeah. So there's a lot of really good comedy there and you get a good little subplot of him starting like a little pickle business in Brooklyn as like a hipster, like uh, raw pickler. And, and that gets kind of swept up. And I thought that the movie was just going to kind of take that and run with it. Kind of like an episode of man seeking woman and just get super out there with that. But then it kind of goes somewhere else uh, towards the third act. So I just kind of felt like the movie was like, a little bit like zigzagging a little bit mm, too much and not really committed to a, any certain bit, but it does have good moments that really made me laugh. Yeah. So I would recommend it if you just want to put it on again, it's very short. So mm-hmm. it's a fine movie, HBO max it's, and American pickle. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. Cause this is kind of the general consensus on the movie is like, it's all right. It's not offensive, uh, but it, you know, you want it better. Um, which is which is okay. Yeah, no, it's that's okay totally to fine. just be a fine movie. I just I flipped so hard on this when I found out Simon Rich was attached because I am in love with a lot of his writing. I I got New Yorkers for a long time solely because of him, and slowly realized that he's almost the only good thing in the New Yorker. Mm. Um, and he's not Are in you, it most. Do of the you time. get a New Yorker subscriber with a Vulture subscription? No, that Vulture is owned by New York Magazine, not the New Yorker. Oh, okay. oh shit. separate okay. entity. Okay. Um, that's confusing. But yeah, this, you know, this was written initially as a pretty personal, you know, essay by Simon that was still like funny, but it, it's not his typical fair. And then he, I hope that he does more stuff because I love yeah, him. And I, I like the idea because he said in an interview, he the first people he he went to, he insisted on showing it to to Seth and Evan um, because he loved what they had done with This is the End, which made a lot of sense if you think about it, because that's mm-hmm. another like fantastical, like right. insane, you know, comedy uh, that isn't afraid you to go, go as to, far as it goes. You go into that movie going for like the bonkers apocalyptic shit. Yeah. With your, yeah. And the fact that they're like playing themselves, all these celebrities too. this is just kind of like. What am I in for? I have no idea. Yeah. Show me what you got. I still, I still, yeah, I want Simon to write more stuff. I want to see his shit. He do, he has a sh- another show. I don't know if you guys knew this. This was a, a, a you know, a, I did. is I did. The Daniel Radcliffe, Steve yeah, Buscemi. Yeah, like TBS or something. It's called uh, Miracle, Miracle, Miracle Workers. Workers. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know where to watch it because I think it was on TBS, but that's a whole, it's a whole thing. To, you like, know where you can watch that on is with hulu with live tv oh shit yeah. okay nice plug it's been a while since i got that in there that's where are you plug. watching a search party uh hbo max oh yeah um so it might it actually might get put on hbo max yeah eventually hopefully. eventually yeah so i don't have time to uh talk about all three of the other things that i watch so you guys pick one for me to share thoughts on i've i watched three other movies miami vice from 2006 uh-huh. nixon 1995 and The Mask, 1994. The Mask. The Mask. <laughs> so I just watched this last night and <laughs> I've been one. wanting to watch it for a while because it got put on Hulu or like Hulu with stars or one of those. And I was like, I wonder if this movie holds up. Didn't really hold up. No, of course not. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> this one was rough. It hit me in my in my nostalgia in a, in a way that I didn't want it to. No, that's a it's a strange movie. It's it's not good. It's no. uh, it has many scenes that feel extremely dated 
very misogynist. Yeah, there's a lot of creepiness in that fucking movie. Yeah, the character, the main character, Jim Carrey, uh, Steve Ipkiss, he's basically he's like horny. an incel. Yeah. And he uses the mass powers to like try to get laid. And it's just like, man, that just does not fly anymore. You sent like a 10 second video to the group chat, which was just like the funny. It was the villain. It was the mask. hilarious, but in every wrong possible yeah. way. Oh, and then the dog wears the mask and that's real funny. I will say the dog performance in this movie is probably the best performance in the whole movie. <laughs> great animal performance I, I don't i don't want to take anything away from jim carrey he is incredible in this movie like well, the movie yeah. itself like not that great but you go into it wanting a fucking unhinged carry and that's what you get like he is not so as this character yeah. i mean it's so he's so good in it that it's set up about a decade of him getting roles in which he is given supernatural abilities or supernatural uh like flaws like liar liar for example yeah so i i actually while i was watching this i looked up his im imdb and his run during this period is like fucking unmatched mm -hmm. in one year in 1994 he puts out this movie he also puts out dumb and dumber and batman or sorry and ace, ace ventura, ventura yeah. detective and then the next year batman forever and Ace Ventura 2. And then in 96, you get Cable Guy and Liar Liar. And then 98, you get Truman Show. Mm. And then and we know, still haven't even gotten to Bruce Almighty, et cetera. Well, that was actually that was at the turn of the century. But yeah, yeah, yeah he had, I mean, he was just the biggest you could get. Uh, and we respect it. We don't love everything he did. I don't like most of what he's done for uh, personally. I still like but there's I mean, no one. There's no one else like. No, him. but yeah, he is a freak of nature. Yeah. It's, he's, it's he's become a fucking like weirdo. Well, it's become such like a cold take at this point because pretty much everyone has said this. But like he is such a good dramatic actor that in a way, the Dumb and Dumbers and the Ace Venturas kind of worked against him for the whole back half of, or I guess back half of the 90s, early 2000s, where he tried to become more of a dramatic actor mm -hmm. with things like Truman Show and then leading into like Eternal Sunshine and stuff like that. The people are like, ooh, no, I don't like this. This is the yeah. funny man. There, it's also just not where comedy went. You know, like it's it has this like el elastic slapsticky nature to it that is just simply not aged well. Well, yeah, it's not and not even in a problematic way for a lot of these movies. It's just like that style just isn't fun yeah. anymore, which is funny because it's almost like if he would have gone even more balls to the walls or like even more absurdist then it would have aged better than it would have aged like something kind of closer, like what Tim Robinson does with uh, I think you should leave kind of stuff like that that yeah. does have slapstick elements to it, but is the farthest yeah. level of absurd comedy that you can get to but he's like broad slapstick yeah and it's not like it's best. not like he's an entity of like production like he is the people are writing scripts for jim carrey thinking you know just like pretty like save the cat style screenwriters being like what could what uh what uh problem could i give jim carrey what supernatural problem you know yeah that would make him have to act like a motherfucker well speaking of the the script this movie the the writing it's just so like half-baked like every scene that doesn't have the crazy mask shit going on is just like the most by the numbers yeah dialogue yeah it, you could possibly have a lot of his movies are like that they're really weakly written and 
he, it's not his fault, but because he also got paid a zillion dollars <laughs> yeah. to do all. This oh my movies. god! I wonder how much he got paid for this. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It, he was holy you shit. You know, he he was just one of those guys who was kind of inevitable. People, I don't think people talk enough about how he got his start on In Living Color, which is mm. like endlessly fascinating to me. I, I, it's really hard to access that show. I'm going to buy it on DVD. Actually, it's lined up because uh, that like to see like the you know the senior Wayans brothers doing sketch with Jim Carrey playing the token right. white guy in every sketch is, is endlessly fascinating. What, uh, what year did the biopic man, the moon come out? So that was at the end of that run. Okay. So it, that, so I guess it's like 99. Okay. And then that kind of like caps the run. And then at the turn of the century, it's like, okay, now there's a little bit more like with Bruce almighty, but then you kind of start to get the more mm. dramatic carry at that yeah. point. And then at that point in comedy, you started getting comedies about regular people mm-hmm. instead of insane people. Yeah, <laughs> just out, the most outrageous shit ever. And honestly, like I end up coming like kind of favorable on this movie, even though it's like not good, just because the stuff with the mask is like so fucking out there. Like there's a dance sequence where the mask and, and Cameron Diaz just like tear up the dance floor and like I've been saying numerous times just give me more movies where the main characters tear up the dance floor I just made a whole letterbox list about this <laughs> it's it's what I want um can you give me there. 15 seconds on Michael Mann's Miami Vice um bizarre kind of filthy and grimy uh, Colin Farrell looks like he is on like 15 levels of Ambien and <laughs> vodka. He is, so, he, is. he is so tuned out. But he's movie. also like dancing salsa really well. You know, like some of the most memorable lines are like, do you dance? <laughs> I dance. Hola, chica. Hola, chico. And time is up. Look, I, I think I think uh, Miami Vice is. More than likely a bad movie, but I, so I, I I have a lot of love for it, as I do with a lot of Michael Mann. Yeah, jokes. it's it's Michael Mann, and he obviously he it's, created it's just, the it's show. It's a fun movie. I I don't know. I don't know if it's <laughs> you didn't fun. Have fun with it. I had fun with it. It's it's so like nebulous. Like you don't really know what's going <laughs> no, on. It's but a there's mood. boats and <laughs> yeah. like cool suits and dancing and people making out, but it's like not shot in like the most glamorous way it's almost shot to look like a documentary someone someone i follow on letterbox called it the first ketamine action movie (laughs) (laughs) that's perfect that's really good that is like dead on oh my god what account is that it's matt chrisman from chapo that's that's like dead on yeah (laughs) and uh another 15 seconds on nixon uh if you want a really good anthony hopkins performance watch it but only if you're ready for like three plus hours because it's a long boy but a lot of oliver stone i just i was hungry for a a nicholson joint after uh silence last week and i was like i just want to see this guy fucking cook and he brings it as richard nixon just knocks it out of the park the movie the movie's actually really good it's actually a really well done movie and i'm not i haven't seen a lot of oliver stone movies so I can't see like how it compares, but I enjoyed it. And I think that he thinks that uh, Nixon uh, had something to do with the JFK assassination. So what you think that Oliver Stone <laughs> is picking the conspiracy you theories? Think, you think Oliver Stone has schizophrenia? <laughs> Come on, get out of here. So that's what All I've right. been watching. Um, 
I'll try and go through mine pretty quickly. There are three movies that are like big movies or have some kind of a huge cult following that I had never seen before. Wait, that, you had never seen Days and No, so that's the thing. Oh, is wow. uh, this oh. is a very special episode of a. Uh, <laughs> crack and cried. Um, so I got the uh the criterion uh for this movie. <laughs> you don't need um, to say that after. <laughs> <laughs> no, just in case this is people's first so episode. But if this is your first episode, I'm sorry. <laughs> it gets better from here. Um well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> so I had actually never seen Days and Confused before. That was probably the biggest shame on like my unwatched movie list. Oh, I mine just, is mine is way worse than that. So I, I can't shame you, but this is one of my favorite movies ever. I I love it. It's so good. I read. Um. So Brian Koppelman uh, did because, you know, Criterion have like little kind of um, excerpts and stuff from different writers and stuff. Brian Koppelman did a thing for Days and Confused. He was just like, I've seen this movie probably 200 times, 199 times of them. I watched them stoned until this post recent watch before I watched this one. It's a good high. Watch. It's well, I think it probably I mean, it is like the greatest stoner movie ever. But I will say I was not high while watching this movie for the first time. You don't um, have to be. No, because it is just like it's not like about weed. <laughs> no, it's not like it's like half baked or something that we're talking about here. Like it is just all about the mood. And I think that that's what works for it is such an ensemble piece, which now Richard Linklater is more known for doing big grand ensemble pieces. But at the time, I mean, this was this was a flop. Like people did not go see this movie at all. And it's kind of known for setting up breakout careers for, of course, Matthew McConaughey and all right, all right, all right. also Ben Affleck as a that's Fred O'Banion, right. who is just like the classic asshole jock of the movie um but i mean there's so many great performances in here jason london who's a guy who i've always really liked that hasn't really he never really got the career that i think a lot of people would have guessed he would have gotten he is so good as as like the the you know the pivot like the fulcrum yeah. of the movie yeah We're as like as a uh, randall pink floyd he is perfect but there's so many characters um that have just been kind of created these little identities that people associate with like, like an Slater. Yes. Yeah, Slater yeah. is the archetype for a stoner in every right. movie going forward after dazed and confused. It's funny because uh, like reading some stuff and I think that the ringer, somebody did a whole thing where they kind of talked about how um, the Anthony rap and the a- Adam Goldberg characters in the movie are um, a satire on a, uh, kind of like a Woody Allen type character in a movie where they're just oh, like yeah. very meta and just kind of like, well, you see the problem with the patriarchy is yeah. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's so good. I love how this movie just kind of bounces around from character to character and very link later. Yeah. One of the things that works really well about this, as opposed to a lot of John Hughes movies, which is another thing they talk about in the criterion is that link later was trying to make an anti John Hughes movie in that in things like the breakfast club, for example, everything is very uh, walled off from each other. Like these are the jocks. These are the nerds. These are the stoners. They don't hang out. They don't talk to each other. Where in this movie, there's such a fluidity to who hangs out with who. That's a lot more closer to a real 
high school environment mm-hmm. than anything else that you see in any of those classic 80s movies. Mm-hmm. How's the Krite? Is it uh, any special stuff in there? Um, there is some special stuff, to be honest. I didn't. I wanted to listen to the um, the link later. Yeah, the commentary, but I didn't have a chance to. I, I'll probably will because I also this is a movie I finished. And I was like, I kind of just wanted to put it back on again. Yeah, just as like a mood piece in the background. It, yeah, it is such a uh, such a lovely watch. Like it truly. I don't know. Not that it. It's not like ambient because it that you can focus in and appreciate so much of the acting and the craft at work and the story being told. But well, uh, it's it's Linklater. Linklater is all about characters. Yeah, he's just he's it's just, not about ambience. He's made like I was just thinking. I think he's made like six of my favorite movies ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so, just like when he when he misses, he definitely misses. But yeah, my God, is he, he made some uh, well, good I mean, fucking movies? He's kind of closer to like he should be in the same conversation with Scorsese in my opinion, in mm. that he makes a lot of movies that are kind of duds, but he also has some movies that are like the best shit that yeah, you've ever seen. He just doesn't life. have quite the cultural impact. Yeah. 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 But I mean, he, in a way he kind of does, but it's not as overt as something like Scorsese. who's a much more athletic filmmaker and is very like known for his shots. Link later. It's more about how he writes and direct his, directs his characters that yeah. kind of picked apart by stuff. Um, where would I you put know. this on your on your uh, rank? On my link later rank. On your rank later. Um, it would be it would boxes. be be it would be bef- below the first two before movies. Here's what sure. we here's what um, we need to watch, Hunter. Is everybody wants some? I have you ever seen that? No, we need to watch. No, it. I want because I know that of, we would love it. It had such a similar thing to. Um, to uh dazed and confused where now it has actors that are starting to break out after mm-hmm. everybody wants some um zoe deutsch yeah zoe deutsch and who's the guy and everybody wants some um blake J- oh glenn powell glenn powell yeah, yeah 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 he's good so, so it's like it's kind of doing the same thing as dazed and confused it came out it was a massive bomb mm. <laughs> just like dazed and confused yeah kind of seen as like a you know a good movie from a bygone era so, actually I, I think the actual title is everybody wants some everybody wants some um quick question for you guys since you guys have seen it before um is the kid who plays mitch is he a bad actor yes he's awful like (laughs) that's not up for debate he's yeah but the the best thing everybody else is so interesting no the best thing about the rewatch that's why uh listened before the thing that i couldn't remember the quote for it was in the rewatchables that the ringer did is they talk about they did a count of how many times he touches his hair and touches his nose it's like way it's over 50 times and he does not have that much screen time like he see how this guy looks like they, now. yeah, Wiley no, he, Wiggins. He, oh. he, another thing that they talk about is that, um, Sorry, so dude. he, I'm on the pod, he lied to Linklater because Linklater wanted a kid who could play baseball, yeah. and he lied to Linklater and said that he was like a pitcher and stuff. And there's some like behind the scenes footage of him throwing a ball with Linklater, and it is like disgusting. It's so Aww. because if you watch his like pitching motion, it's like, oh, you're going to tear a rotator cuff. <laughs> like, dear God, that is the worst thing that I've ever yeah. seen in my life. And the thing is, his performance would have worked if, if he had been playing the type of kid who's like, no one look at me like I am. a dis- You know, I'm I'm going through puberty as you are looking at me right now. Right. But he's not. He's playing someone that has a little bit more standing. Well, because I mean, school. you're you're supposed to think that he's going to be the next pink. Yeah, he, like he has to have some kind of yeah, but he's just got he's got nothing, man. I, and that's I mean, it's a kid actor, so it's, it's like whatever. It's fine. I mean, it's I'd still say this is like a near flawless movie, even despite yeah, that. Yeah, it's incredible. He's awful, and that's fine. 
Um, yeah, so come on the pot, defend yourself. Yeah, <laughs> we fought him. <laughs> Wiley Wiggins, we're talking to you. If you are one of our 12 listeners, please come on. He might have already uh stopped the podcast and unsubscribed after the earlier incident. Slater is fine. bay though, so um, yeah, shout out to Slater, shout out to Adam Goldberg and uh, the theater god Anthony Rapp. It's just so it just made me laugh every time that Anthony Rapp was in this movie picking up a freshman girl. <laughs> I was just like, oh. Unfortunately, Anthony Rapp is probably most known Wait, to the community for what, the Kevin Spacey incidents at this the, point. What's the McConaughey quote when he's like, I get older, but yeah, the ladies stay the but same. But these girls same. keep staying the same. Very <laughs> predatory. Um, That's just. Wooderson mm, wouldn't have. Uh, he would have been canceled in 2020. One of many reasons why this movie can't come out today is that his character is like an active creep. Um, but it is kind of. I mean, he does. Linklear has done this before where he likes to do these things that are kind of period pieces about like 15 years in the past. Like this is a movie about mid 70s and it came out in 1993. Mm -hmm. um, Boyhood, of course, is doing that. And he's kind of working on that now with the new Beanie Feldstein joint. Great movie. Uh, you have another hang movie too. Um, another hang movie that I had never seen before, which is a shocker. Um, I know I'm surprised by all of these. Really, I, I yeah. Uh, this one is the 1986 film Swingers. Um, I love this movie. Yeah, Doug Lyman. Your money, baby. This is another. Like, you don't even know it. This is another star making movie. You're so money, baby. And you don't <laughs> even know it. I don't want you to be the guy in the PG-13 that movie that everybody's really hoping it works out for i want you to be the guy in the r-rated movie yeah um god now i want to see this this it's so good like <laughs> this is another movie that i just like put on because it's on uh hbo max right now nice. um it's definitely ahead of its time uh the, i think the most underrated thing about it is how cringy it is yeah it's it's, it's a cringe dude, comedy something like, incredible when he is sometimes. calling and he leaves like 12 voicemails for this girl that he just nicky at the club it's like the most like i wanted to like fucking pull my skin off yeah, of my body it's really really like everything that john favreau says is pretty brutal yeah <laughs> not directed by him no no yeah, people directed forget by, that it's directed, directed by doug lyman doug lyman who's done yeah. like massive shit yeah yeah everybody in this movie went on well i guess the three main people went on to do like huge stuff and ron livingston too has carved out a nice little career for him he's another guy i wish had more stuff um heather graham shows up for like one scene and fucking knocks it out of the park mm -hmm. but this is Another big reason I wanted to watch this is because this is like the probably the biggest indie movie success story ever or mm -hmm. one of them. Uh, this movie cost two hundred thousand dollars to make um, it. They shot it all guerrilla movie style in that they were just kind of going around filming in places illegally. There's a shot where they're getting pulled over um at like uh at just kind of on the side of the road and the cops came in right as they finished sh shooting and they're like you have to have a permit to be shooting these shots mm -hmm. and like almost got fined but the two hundred thousand dollars it sounds like a lot over half the budget was spent on the soundtrack to this movie mm -hmm. and the soundtrack fucking slaps the soundtrack makes so many scenes in this movie work and it goes to show i mean same thing as days and confused it's one thing i forgot to mention is that days and confused might have like one of the best soundtracks to a movie ever made. But this one, it, it is just so, so good. 
it's one of those things where once you learn that it's written by John Favreau, you're like, that guy's going to go places. Once you realize, once you're going to make the Lion King, once you see Vince Vaughn, <laughs> you think like that guy is a star. That guy's about to be in Jurassic Park, the Lost World. Just but, well, that's the thing is that <laughs> a year from this now. was kind of like a delayed, like it was delayed start. Like if we like back in like 19, like five, six, seven years after this movie, or I guess like five years afterwards in like 2001, we might have thought like, oh, man. Yeah, it's too bad they only had that one movie in them. It will well, for Vaughn, it, it does make some sense to me because he's in swingers, he's like hot. Yeah. And I don't think he never became that. Well, no, I just don't think that you can have a funny man who's like really hot. Like that, that's a really rare combination. You know what I mean? Like hot people, you don't want to be funny. Well, that was a thing like in the 70s and 80s that you could have that. But by the 90s, 2000s, it was out. It was like you have to have the funny fat guy. And then you just have like the plain faced white. Yeah. So once he got he got like bloated pretty quickly um, from, you know, not to speculate or anything, but from maybe like raging alcoholism, let's say. <laughs> um, and yeah, once he was that, that's when he was like all those scotches caught up to him. Yeah, it was he was more relatable because he still had like charisma, but he wasn't like this dude where every guy watching is going to be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm funny, too, and pretty good looking. So, <laughs> well, that's that's kind of one thing that I love about this movie is that like Vince Vaughn, like he he carries himself with such swagger, but like he has like, he doesn't really get any chicks. Like the real love story of the movie is between John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, like Mike and Trent. That's, that's kind of like whenever, um, uh, Trent Vince Vaughn finally sees John Favreau picking up uh, Heather Graham at the bar. He's just like grabbing. He's just like, he's so happy for me. He's just like, he's out there. He's doing it. Um, also, I nobody in the world ever talks enough about Ron Livingston, and I think that it, Ron Livingston deserves justice. Mm. Ron Livingston is an incredible actor, and he will never get the recognition he deserves. Swingers is on a- HBO Max right now. I just added it to my list. I am itching to watch it now. I haven't seen it in so long. Such a great movie. Good movie. Yeah. Um, and another movie that is also on HBO. This has been a very HBO Max heavy uh, episode right now. HBO, I mean, HBO, good job by you. I've um, been using it a lot. It's kind of replaced Netflix for yeah. me. Like, I'm just like, ah, Netflix. Like, hey man, I'm going to hey. pass on the kissing booth too. Down to earth with Zac Efron. Come on. <laughs> Come on. So <laughs> I, I watched this movie mostly because I knew that we were talking about There Will Be Blood uh, this week on the podcast for the main segment. Blah. Nice. Excuse me. Um, Sorry. I've been talking for too long straight. Um, And I wanted to watch. Well, then we can probably save a lot for the for the there will be blood pod. Yeah, I'm going to go through this one quick. It's a great, great, great movie. Michael nominated Clayton. for best picture nominated for it's kind of now been just kind of looked at as the third ugly stepsister of the 2007 Oscars Michael because Clayton uh I'm gonna do a whole thing whenever we do my Oscar watch through end about some of the best Oscar years ever but 2007 is definitely up there so absolutely good. incredible year um top to bottom um this is a movie that would have won Best Picture any other year. Like it has kind of that prestige drama all over it. It's funny because this movie is whenever it came out, people thought that it was like a f- perfect expose on Bush's America. 
And let me tell you, if it hit hard in Bush's America, hits even deeper in Trump's oh, America sure. right now. Like, I actually put it on like last year and I fell asleep during it. And then it got taken. It was like on Amazon Prime and got taken off of Prime like the next oh, day. I hate when that. Happens. So I haven't like watched it it's, since then. It's like it's it's so, so good. It's arguably the best Clooney performance that he has ever given. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. it's definitely the best thing that he's ever done. Like late stage Clooney, Clooney like post oceans, post the early 2000s Clooney. It's definitely like, the best thing like he's ever done. Do you like up in the air? I'm a big I really, up in the air guy. I really like up in the air. I think that he I don't love that movie but i do love his performance in that movie i think that he does a lot like he elevates that movie to a different level pun intended <laughs> um but pretty much i didn't the, i didn't laugh at that the basic logline of this movie is that um george clooney plays michael clayton and uh he is considered like the janitor of uh, this multi-billion dollar law firm in new york and as kind of the janitor, I'm using like quotations. I'm now realizing this is an audio medium, so that He's, does he nothing. Doesn't have to sweep. He doesn't. There's clean no shit. mopping in this no, movie. What he does is he is the person who kind of cleans up legal messes for people. If there's just like, if they have a client and they happen to like. Uh, run over somebody or something like that, then he's the person who kind of fixes everything. He's the thing that the guy who makes legal matters go away. Much like ABC smash series scandal. Uh, oh, yes. Um, Shonda rhymes. You're canceled. So he, so he was nominated for actor uh, for this. But the, the other person uh, who did win for her supporting performance is Tilda Swinton. Oh, um, she did win. Wow. Yeah. Who uh, about that. this is kind of the Tilda Swinton coming out party was this movie, at least in America. Um, she uh, she plays the chief lawyer and somebody who's on the board for um, this company. It's called U uh, Farm or it's called Michael Clayton. <laughs> Everything really, is called Michael Clayton. <laughs> really bad movie name. I'm going to be honest. That's so boring. U-North. That's what it is. It's called U-North, which um, is kind of, it's 2007. So I feel like it's written in the vibe of like a big Monsanto type of corporation yeah. um, where pretty much it's this company that all these lawyers that are working there know that they're spreading like toxic pesticides and chemicals on these plants that are killing people that live there as well as just putting, but they have to be prepared for the lawsuits. Yeah. Come, so yeah. it's, it's a like centers around this thing and this law firm is kind of getting all this information, all this information just kind of burying it so that they can pass this billion dollar lawsuit and they can make all their money back. Um, until one of the, uh, one of the lawyers kind of loses his shit, Tom Wilkinson, and that's right. Has yeah. to kind of like they kind of have to pull the pieces He's together. So I don't want to get in too into the movie, but it's a great Wilkinson. It's starring Sydney or uh, one of the other co stars is Sydney Pollock, the legendary director who is absolutely incredible in this movie. Um, really, really love this film. If you have seen it before and you are a big Michael Clayton fan for the listeners, highly recommend the movie Clute on Criterion, um, starring Donald Sutherland. How do you spell that? K-L-U-T-E. Um, that is a movie, gave me very, very similar vibes to this. So if you are a fan of that movie and you're looking for more kind of legal thrillers like that, then I do recommend that one. 
Donald Sutherland, Jane Fonda, both of them are great. Did you guys know that Tilda Swinton is in Uncut Gems? She's credited. Did she, did she play Adam Sandler the with the mascot? She plays the gem. I don't know. After <laughs> and she after Suspiria, gem. all bets are off. She could be like 12 people in a movie and we just don't even know. Yeah. She's credited as the uh, auction manager on the phone. Tilda Swinton would actually be my number one choice to play Enos Queef. <laughs> yes. In McGruber. That's it. That's oh the one. Oh my God. That's, that's the one. Full circle. Perfect right? pick. Um, I have two quick things that I forgot to say about Miami Vice. <laughs> number one. Oh no. I'm here for it. Let's go for another hour on Michael yeah, I, was, I was just about to be like, before we wrap up, Ernie, are there two other things you wanted to <laughs> there say? There are. There are. <laughs> and one of them is that the movie so you get your your studio logos it opens up with your studio logos right and you get a black screen mm. and you think you're gonna see the words miami vice pop up on the screen that's what you think right or at least like you know a michael mann film or something like that no black screen and right before the first frame kicks in Lincoln Park, Damn. Numb, no featuring way. Jay-Z. Really? Whoa. <laughs> oh, the, the mashup. Hell yes. That is, Collision Course is one of the best albums of the 21st century. Like right on the pickup, right on the dun-dun-dun cut on thank the you, frame. Thank you, thank you, you're far too kind. <laughs> and you're in a Miami nightclub blasting Lincoln Park and Jay-Z's God. Numb. That's in 2006. Dope. That's fucking to be, to be in that club just like off Man. like 10 rails. Man, talk, when that song comes talk on. about a song that sets the the actual year and time and place of the yeah. movie. There's like a it. lot of like audio slave in this movie too. The soundtrack <laughs> yeah, is very 2006. Well, he, Wild. There's there's um there's Chris Cornell in Collateral as well. Yeah. Oh, in the Coyote oh, scene. Oh man. Mm. He loves some Chris Cornell. I hope he's doing okay with the you know dead Chris with Cornell stuff dead? going on. Oh how, yeah. With how he's. Jesus. What is Michael Mann? Has he done anything since Black Hat? Has like he done anything since Chris Cornell died? <laughs> well, that's, that's what I was going to say is, has he? Uh, I don't think he has. Oh my, if Michael, And fucking if Chester Michael, Bennington now? Yeah. I mean, my God. Oh, damn. Somebody check on Michael Mann. Oh Someone my check God. on Jay-Z. Should he do? Oh my God. What if Michael Mann directs like a biopic of the Chester ben, of Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell? In one movie. Uh, no, and he it's literally. Like, it, it puts them, it imagines them in Heat 2. He literally, <laughs> oh, he so made Michael. Give it to me. He, he made Black Hat and like he doesn't have anything else coming. Sick. The other thing I wanted to mention is that Justin Thoreau is in this movie mm. and he doesn't have any dialogue. <laughs> That's how we like him. That's how we just like him. look at him, you know, like that's a pretty. I just want him to show up in my crazy the Star Wars the last casino. Jedi. Yeah, yeah. And just like roll some dice and look hot. That's all I want. And you're like, oh fuck yeah, Justin Thoreau's gonna be the bad guy in this Woo! movie. And it's just like, actually no, it's gonna be. You're gonna see him once for two. It's seconds. It's gonna be Denicio del Toro doing some kind of voice, and you don't mm. know what he's, what kind of choice he's making. All right. Well, that's all we got for you this week, folks. Thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you thought at We Bought a Mike. We Bought a Mike at gmail.com. Follow us all on Letterboxd. Stay tuned for next week. We might continue our uh, PTA run through. There's there's actually some stuff coming. There's uh, She Dies Tomorrow, supposed to be a good mm -hmm. new movie that's out. Um, September, we're maybe getting tenant we're definitely getting mulan and maybe we could do a little uh, bill and ted 
I've never seen any of the Bill and Ted movies. Oh, the first Bill and Ted movie is, I mean, I liked it in like high school when I saw it. I was going to um, say, I, I started it as an adult and I turned it The off. Kaufman movie is coming out in September too. Isn't it, it is, yeah, isn't yeah, yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll definitely yeah, do that. Nice. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Um, wear a mask, stay safe. And uh, wear, wear, wear a mask that's like, like the pandemic mask that everyone's wearing. Don't wear like a Jim Carrey mask. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Don't wear like James Harden when he showed up in the bubble and thought that he was wearing a mask that looked cool, but it was actually a thin blue line mask. <laughs> mm. Don't do not do that. If you wear the Jim Carrey mask, you become so much more likely to spread COVID. <laughs> yeah. You touch everyone positive. and everything. You're moving like 100 miles an hour. I, I did forget to mention that in Dave, in the news, in the new show, Dave, he has a, a the mask bit where he says, somebody suck me. But the real line in the movie is somebody stop me. Mm-hmm. So Lil Dicky, you better fucking watch your fucking back, man. Ooh, You're Jim misquoting the fucking you. movie. That's fucked up. I cannot believe that got through. You know what? <laughs> you know what? This is why I, I didn't want to say this, Ernest, but this is why I haven't watched Dave yet. No. I heard about it and it made me so upset. I mean, after watching The Mask last night, Somebody Suck Me is way funnier. I mean, yeah, it is anyway. <laughs> just, that is funny. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.